What's up, everyone? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singhood Podcast, and I'm coming to you with this brand new episode. I'm praying that all is well with you and your family. Pray that you had a restful and productive week, and I'm hoping that your next week will be more than anticipated. And um, I just want to go ahead and get straight into the episode, y'all. Tonight's episode will not be long at all. It will be a very brief episode. Um, This episode is really me opening and just having this, you know, this relaxed dialogue with you guys in the hopes that if you even are a non-believer, that you feel welcome to join in the discussion, that you would be open um, in regards to what we will be discussing. And if you are a Christian, that this episode would help you to solidify your faith in Jesus Christ. And it will help you to really be bold in this season um, to live unashamed, um, you know, knowing the Lord and doing his will on the earth. Um, If you follow me on social media, you probably saw my recent um, post where I was talking about how, you know, it's not up to us, right, to decide what sin and what's not sin. Um, Sin is not defined by human standards, but it is defined by the word of God, just like the truth, right? Um, is defined by God's word, is not defined by human standards or logic. A lot, of the, a lot of the times I feel like, you know, even Christians, right, even us, we tend to feel as if because the times has changed, that means that the word of God can change as well. But the word of God has proven to itself um, is unchanging. And so if God and his word is saying that his word is unchanging, we have no business as believers to try to manipulate the word of God to satisfy what we want, right? To satisfy our flesh and to just accept um, accept certain things that we know that is contra- contrary to the word of God. Um, it's not up to us, again, like I said, to label what sin is and what sin is not. We have to go back to scripture and see what the Lord says in regards to it. Um, It doesn't matter, you know, um, what society may say. It doesn't matter what, you know, perhaps a popular uh, Christian speaker may say. But we have to go back to the word of God and see it for ourselves, what God has to say. And ask the Holy Spirit as well to open the eyes of our understanding, to understand the scriptures um, when it comes to the meaning of them, right? What what message that God himself wanted us to um, received from the scriptures because at times we would read a scripture and we just completely just take it out of context and then end up creating a concept that God himself did not intend for us to follow <laughs> to follow and that is a very dangerous uh, slope and so my prayer is that in this season that we would really be um you know, that we would really study the word of God. We would be doers of the word, not just listeners of the word, that we would just really do what God's word says, y'all. Um, and, and not in the way where, you know, it's religious. And I know that's another topic of discussion, um, religion versus relationship. Um, but one thing I will say is this, I feel like we tend to try to avoid religion to the point where we have become a people, um, that just want the feel good stuff. So if it's not allowing us to feel good or to to feel this sensation that makes us hype, then it's not for us. Um, and so you will find that there's certain people, um, they are, they're not readers of the word. They probably don't even read their Bibles, but then they will go ahead and say, you know, you know, you know, God loves me. God is good. Um, God, you know, 
um, wants to bless me and so forth, which is all true. But however, if you're not reading the word of God, then you do not know the will of God. And if you do not know the will of God, then you're going to go ahead and do whatever uh, because you do not have the truth, which is the word of God, to guide your life and to guide your path, to guide your choices and um, the decisions that you make. Um, And so even right now, it's very important for you to personally to do a reflection on your own spirit you know, spiritual journey on your own relationship with God, because if you really do see the world, you know, it's things are getting intense. And sometimes people will say, well, I'm not going to preach doom and gloom. This has nothing to do with doom and gloom. There is a book of revelation in the Bible. And that book is the truth of God, right? It's, It's the word of God. So it's giving us revelation of what is to come. If we're not preaching revelation, how are we going to prepare people for the imminent return of Jesus Christ? And how are we going to win souls Uh, to the kingdom of God, you know? And so it's important for us to preach the entire word of God, not just a portion, not just a specific verse from the word of God, but the entire word of God and making sure that we not only preach the New Testament, but we also um, include the Old Testament because we cannot know the New Testament without the Old Testament. Um, And so, yeah. So from that being said, I just wanted to go quickly um, to the episode now. I just want to um, just make this like, again, a laid back dialogue. Just really want to talk about the topic of grace and truth and what Jesus himself had to say about uh, the two in a way. And um, I also want to go ahead and just, you know, allow you to just have a moment of silence to just hear God's word and what the spirit of God is saying to you in regards to your own personal life in regards to, you know, what it is that he wants you to do. Um, you know, sometimes we get so caught up with the world's trend, so caught up with what we're seeing on social media that we don't take the time to really quiet ourselves, to hear what God is saying, to, to know what it is that God wants us to do. Um, the other day I posted, you know, who's your master? And that's very important. Um, we need to realize that whatever we tend to do the most that becomes our master or what whomever we tend to listen to the most that becomes our master and so um for me my master is god you know and then after god i come second but i can't even put my myself first right i can't even put myself first and and as a believer you should know that as well that you don't come first god has to come first then you second then after you, then again, it comes your, if, you, if you're a family, right? If you are married, then it comes your spouse, your children and your family and others. Um, it has to be in that order. What happens is if you even put yourself first, then you become a God to yourself. And if you become your own God, then you are prone to sin. You are prone, um, you know, you, you're prone to just fall apart because you were never created to be your own God. You were never created to have complete control of everything. Only God has complete control of everything. And so we have to really go back to the basics, you know. Um, we have to remind ourselves, you know, what, what matters the most in life um, and, and what doesn't. And, and to make sure that we, you know, we're, we're seeking after the things that really matter. And most important, we're seeking after God and we're just making sure that we know where we stand in our relationship with him. If you have your Bible, I just want you to quickly open it up to uh, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Um, and this is Jesus speaking. And I wanted to read the scripture um, basically for us to just get a dialogue going in regards to grace. 
And so he says here, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I'm going to read it one more time. Revelation 3 verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. All right. Okay. Um, I hope that you are able to highlight that scripture very quickly. Let's go ahead and read Matthew 18 verse 12 to 14 Matthew 18 verse 12 to 14 and I'm just gonna go ahead and show you guys um, you know the correlation between the two um, but let's go ahead and read it read it quickly Matthew 18 verse 12 to 14 says this is Jesus again talking to his disciples as he's giving them this parable he says and this is a parable when it comes to him leaving uh, the 99 right to get that one that one that wandered off. Matthew 18, verse 12 to 14 says, y'all, it says, what do you think if a man owned a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 90 at nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, and if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep then about the 99 that did not wander off in the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish and i'm gonna stop right there i'm gonna stop right there um when jesus was discussing to his disciples this parable he was actually trying to show them the purpose of the gospel the purpose of them uh, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of God, the truth of God, and what Jesus has taught him during his three years of ministry. All right. I love verse 14 because it shows us, it says, in the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. When you hear that word perish, right? Um, it should remind you again that you know the 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 will of God is not for anybody to perish, but to have everlasting life. To have relationship with him okay and so when jesus was saying this that he left the 99 to get the one that wandered off i want you to think about it in this lighting think about it when it comes to evangelism okay what is evangelism evangelism is when a disciple of christ right a, a believer of god goes ahead and proclaims the truth of god to a non-believer or to someone right to 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 anyone really but ultimately to a non-believer and in hopes of as they are proclaiming this truth to the non-believer that the holy spirit will work in that non-believer's heart and that their heart would be open to receive the truth that sets the captives free right receive the truth that will then bring life bring restoration uh bring um liberation right uh bring understanding of what is true and what is false right what is true and what are um just you know deceptions and so and so forth but the thing is y'all the the work of an evangelist or those who evangelize the only task that the lord has given them is to proclaim the truth of his word but at the end of the day we don't have the power to change the hearts of men, right? We don't have the power to say to the, we don't have the power to say to this person, you know, you need to accept the Lord by force. Like we can't 
force anybody to become saved. We can't force anybody to accept Jesus, right? That person themselves have to be willing to accept the message of the gospel. That person has to be willing to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives, right? Now, a lot of times, I'm not going to say a lot of times, majority of us, when we read this particular scripture, we have completely kind of miss what it entails. And really what it entails, y'all, is speaking on the topic of grace as well. It's speaking, of course, the topic of salvation. And it's also showing us the purpose of evangelism, right? And it's also showing us how God is a God that gives men free will. God is a God that gives humanity free will. He gives every human being free will. Believers today, Christians today, our job is to take the gospel into the world and to share it with the world. Our hope is that once we share it, that no one in the world would be perished. No one in the world would be perished, right? But that they would come to know the Lord and that they would have salvation. They would have eternal life. And I'm going to stop right there. If you pay attention to verse 13, Jesus says here, he says, and if he finds us, that the he that he is talking about is again in this parable, the, the sheep that wandered off. If, and if he finds it, meaning Jesus saying, and if he finds it, right? If he ends up like the shepherd, right? If the shepherd ends up finding the sheep, then that is like victory for the shepherd. And that is the same with us. If we go out, to the communities and we preach the gospel to non-believers and if at least one individual receives the lord right and receive this good news that we have shared it, it feels so good it feels so good to us right in our hearts because we know that in heaven they are rejoicing because one has come to know the lord but at the end of the day that person has to be willing to open their hearts to receive salvation to open their hearts to receive the, the, the gift of grace that God freely gives to those who are in need of it. <clears throat> but sometimes we feel as if God is a dictator, right? Sometimes when we even read this passage about he, him leaving the 99 for the one, it's like for many people it shows you, oh, wow, God is the God of love. God is a God of relentless love. Meaning that, oh my goodness, he's very passionate about that one. He's going to do whatever it takes to get that one. But at the end of the day, it says in the scripture in verse 13, and if he find it. You know, there's many people that the Lord has gone out his way to give them his message. But they went ahead and did what? They did not receive it. They did not receive it. And so in this, in this context, when it says, when it says, and if he finds it, I truly tell you, he is happier about the one sheep. And if he finds it, I want you guys to understand y'all like grace is free and grace is available even now, but there is going to come a time where the door of grace will be shut and God will keep himself away from keeping it open, the door of grace open. And so 
It is not to say that God wants one person to perish. But this is where I'm trying to get to here. But it's to say that God is a God who wants us to exercise our free will to choose him. To choose him without him forcing us to choose him. Hmm. To choose him without us, without him forcing us to choose him. Even Jesus in scripture he was telling his disciples once he sent them out to perform the assignments that he has given them. That they are not supposed to take any bags, any money, you know, any belongings. But that they would have to rely on their faith in God to sustain them, to help them wherever they go, right? As they're on assignment, right? To, you know, proclaim the word of the Lord and to do everything that the Lord had taught them to do. Meaning casting out devils, um, bringing healing to those who are sick, etc., but then even Jesus says to his disciples that if you go ahead and, this, and you enter this town, right? And and you could find this in Mark, I believe, Mark 6. Um, if you go into this town and you feel like a lot of people in this town is not welcoming towards you. Jesus said, you know what? Dust the sand off your feet and leave. And this is the same Jesus who is telling the parable of the shepherd leaving the 99 sheep for the one that wandered off. Okay? It's the same Jesus. And it's and you can find that scripture in the New Testament as well. And so, the reason why I'm sharing all of this is to say that, y'all, like, you know, God, even though he is loving, it's up to us. It's up to us to make the decision and say, hey, you know what? You know, I've been hearing about this Jesus thing for a long time. Um... And I do see, you know, like the world um, is looking a lot scarier these days. Um, I, I, I am seeing like, you know, things are changing and things do not look the same as they used to when I was growing up, etc. You have to be willing now and say, you know what? I've tried everything. I've tried the drugs. I've tried uh, the alcohol. I, I've tried to be my own God. I tried to follow the world's ways. Right. I try to listen to. These people that I believe were proclaiming truth, but it seems like, you know, although they're proclaiming truth, uh, they're following the lifestyle of the world. I'm just tired of all of this. And I really want the truth. I really want what's going to set me free. I really want what's going to make me come alive. What's going to make me um, understand why I'm here, understand my purpose and my identity, you know, and that decision relies on you. God has given us all of the resources that we need, y'all, to be safe in all honesty. He has given us his word. We have access to his word. Anyone can have access to his word at this current moment. Maybe not the entire world, but the majority of the world, due to technology, can have access to the word of God. Just by downloading an app, right? A Bible app. They have access to the word of God in so many languages and so many different translations as well. To the point where if anyone was curious to know if there's a God, they can download that, that, that Bible. And they could just, with childlike faith, say, you know what? God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. And as they read the word of the Lord, the Lord would begin to open the eyes of understanding for them to understand his word. And God would begin to do the work, you know. But I feel like today is as if we want for God to do everything for us without us exercising 
you know, a, a faith, a level of faith, a measure of faith, you know. And that is the reason why I feel like even this specific parable has become very kind of like uh, misconstrued. Um, it has created this concept where it's like some people will literally believe as if, you know, God will gonna God is going to go ahead and just force them to worship worship him force him to uh, live for him and God is not going to do that you know God is not going to do that yes God will send many people to share his good news with you but at the end of the day you have to accept and there's going to come a time where it's you know the door of grace is going to be shut closed and that is why even in scripture it says receive him today as you hear him knock right if you see him knocking on the door of your heart, receive him today. Receive him today, not tomorrow, not next week, not in 2022, not after you get married, not after you have children, not after you graduate from college, not after you get that degree, not after you make that first six figure. But today, if you hear him knocking on the door of your heart, let him enter in. Let's quickly go ahead and read that scripture again revelation 3 verse 20 it says here i am jesus says i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in and eat with that person and they with me let's go ahead and just meditate on that right quick he says if they open the door you see the action right there that's an action of faith that we must do ourselves personally jesus is not going to slam open the door and sometimes I feel like we depict that about God, that he's so passionate that he's just going to slam open the door and, and take us out, right? Take us out of the pit. Not saying that the Lord is not merciful to take us up, you know, take us out of some critical situations. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to salvation is a personal choice for everybody to make. And you have to be willing to open that door. This is what Jesus is saying, y'all. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Here we can see that the Lord, that he is a gentleman. God is a gentleman. He's only going to enter in if we open that door. He's only going to eat with us if we welcome him in. If we welcome him in. And so a lot of people, especially atheists, they'll say, how can a loving God send anybody to hell? Those people, y'all, they did not open the door to welcome the Lord in. They did not open the door to welcome the Lord in. God is a gentleman. God is a loving God. God is a calm God. Yes, there's times where you will see his wrath, but his wrath is not yet has not yet come. This is still the hour of grace. This is still the hour of grace. His wrath did not yet come. And I shared this earlier today as well on social media, on Instagram. If you have not yet connected with us, you can follow us on Instagram at its underscore underscore jlp and i explained there in my caption i said i said this i said you know grace is not eternal but life in god is grace is not eternal but life in god is sometimes i don't know what it is but it's like we as believers feel as if grace is permanent um grace is eternal for right now for the time being yes grace is present grace is available to anyone who is in need of it right but even the word of god lets us know 
that there is coming a time when the grace of God is going to be expired, which tells us, that implies to us that grace is not eternal. Grace is not eternal, but life in God is. Life in God is. There has to come a time where you accept the Lord and you you say, man, you know, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to follow what the world is doing um, because I see that life is short. And yes, I love life, but I understand that this life is short and I need to do something differently because the way that I'm feeling right now is not giving me peace, is not giving me true joy. Not happening, and that's just happiness, but you want a true joy. You want a joy that's everlasting. And that is what the, 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 the joy of the Lord will do for you. The joy of the Lord will never depart from you, even when in, in times when you are going through hard times, right? The joy of the Lord will be with you. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that means that it doesn't matter in what circumstances you're in. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The joy of the Lord will always be present with you. And that is why it's your strength. Because even when you feel low, that joy is going to elevate you. That joy is going to renew you. It's going to renew your spirit. It's going to renew your zeal. It's going to renew your faith. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you all to know that God's grace is available. But at the same time, let us not take advantage of God's grace. Let us not take advantage of God's grace and let us not abuse God's grace. Let us not go ahead and have one foot in the world and one foot out of the world. I'm speaking to my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. If you are a non-believer, this is not for you. You are welcome to hear this. But the Bible lets us know, especially those who have been saved and who have tasted the goodness of the Lord, it doesn't make any sense after we have tasted the goodness of the Lord to go ahead and still have an appetite for worldly things, to go ahead and still live like those in the world. And I know this is a message that a lot of people do not like to listen to today. And I know that the enemy is using that as a tool just to sway many people to join his camp. Because at the end of the day, he knows that he will never have access to the presence of God. He will never be able to have the access that he used to have in the heavenly realms when he was with God. But you... God is so merciful that he has allowed us as human beings, though we have made mistakes, though we have separated ourselves from him, right? Freely have separated ourselves from God, that he has allowed us to now have the gift of grace and receive that grace through his son, Jesus Christ, through his son, Jesus Christ, through faith in his son, not in any other God, not in any other religion, but only the God of the Bible, only the faith of the Christians. Only the faith of the Christian. And the faith of the Christian is knowing that Jesus Christ is a, is a son of God, that he came and he died for our sins. And he is the reason that we are able to be reconciled with the Father and to have eternal life in him. No other faith will do that for you. And so it's not even a matter if you believe in a God, but in what God do you believe in? Do you believe in the Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords? Do you believe in the God of the heavens and the earth? The God that created creation and all that's in it, right? Or do you believe in a God that cannot save itself? Do you believe in a God that is not able to defend itself? Do you believe in a God that is, un that is not eternal? 
what God do you believe in? And, and what do you put your faith in? And what do you put your security in? Let's 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 think about it for a second. Let's dialogue. You know, this is this this episode it is very um unfiltered in that way because I, I just want us to have this conversation to know where we are in life right now in our spirituality. You know, here we are, we have these ambitions, we have these dreams, we have these goals, but what for? What for if life is brief, if life is short? And if tomorrow's not promised, what for? If we're going to work hard, if we're going to do everything that we're doing, why not do it in, in a way where we know that even if we were to die, that it was all worth it. Like everything that we did was all worth it and that we know we would be better off wherever that we're going once we die. But if we have no clue of what awaits us after this life, what is the purpose of striving and hustling? If you die and then you leave all your riches behind and then you end up going to a foreign place that is more terrible than the world that we're living in right now. It is not my my hope for any of us to perish, just like the word of God says that it is not God's will for any to perish, but to all to be saved. But even God saying this, he knows there will still be people who end up denying him. Just like you saw that Judas ended up denying Jesus, the same Jesus he knew for three years, he ended up denying him. God knows that there's people, there's some lost sheeps, Although he has given them access to grace and although he has given them access to his word, although he has given him them access to his children, you know, he has lift, he has raised up uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and servants who truly have a pure heart, just doing the, the work of the kingdom to save, to save lost souls. You know, although he has workers in the fields to really set these captives free in the name of Jesus, there will still be some who still end up betraying him, who still ends up saying, no, I don't want to receive your grace, Lord. I don't want to receive your love, Lord. I don't want to receive your gift of salvation, your gift of eternal life. And I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be me. By the grace of God, to be completely honest with you, my mind has been made up. I'm for Christ and I'm for Christ for life. I can, you know, there's nothing that the world could offer me to change my mind in regards to Jesus, in regards to the word of God, in regards to the word of God, which is truth, y'all. My truth have no power. My truth have no power to save. It is only his truth that has power to save, that has power to forgive sins, that has power to give you eternal life. What is better than eternal life? What is better, y'all? Like, what is better than knowing that you have eternal life, than knowing that you don't even have to be afraid of death, that no matter what may happen, that you know that you would be in a place of rest, eternal rest, eternal rest, and you would hear the God of creation, the God of the universe. I'm not saying the universe because the universe have no power. The God of the universe saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. What can beat that? I'm praying for y'all. 
I'm praying that the Lord would encounter you in a powerful way in 2021. I'm praying that you would make up your mind as well. I'm praying that none of us would wait until matters get worse to really take our faith seriously, to really take Jesus seriously. Another topic that I wanted to dis- that I want to discuss in a future episode is the topic in regards to faith and lifestyle because this is another topic that has truly been on my heart for quite some time to talk about. I feel like today believers are making a separation between faith and lifestyle. But if we go back into the scriptures, there was never a separation. There was never a separation. Your faith was everything. Your faith was everything. It was implemented in every area of your life. As a person who walked with the Lord, as a person who committed their life to God, there's no separation between faith and lifestyle. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Um, And I see there's a divide with that. And, And again, there's a divide when it comes to grace and truth. You will not appreciate grace apart from truth. It's that simple. And even Jesus being Jesus, he never had any interaction with no human being without utilizing both grace and truth. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we have reached to this point where we feel like Jesus was always just talking about grace and, you know, doing miracles. And another thing that a lot of people love to quote, you know, Jesus was friends with the sinners, you know. But there was not one person Except, I'm not going to say there's not one person. But um, everyone who encountered the Lord, whether they believed in him or not, they were left unchanged. They were left transformed. But even here, I want to go ahead and show you another another um, example how even God cannot force you to accept him. You remember the parable of the young rich ruler and he was saying to jesus you know jesus was talking to him and he was and that's when jesus was telling his disciples you know like all of these um things are going to happen and he was saying that it's more easy it it's more easy um for he was saying excuse me he was saying that it's more easy right for In the parable of the um, young rich ruler, you know, Jesus was explaining to his disciples how it's very difficult for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And one of the reasons why he used that analogy is because when you're rich, it's almost as if you're not going to really spend time praying to God that much anymore because you're rich. You have the money now. A lot of times when we pray to God, is because we know that we have lack, right? For the most part, if we w- if we want to be honest, right? But when you're rich, you feel like you have no lack because you have money to do the things that is hard for people without money to do. And so Jesus was saying, you know, it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And while he was saying that, um, a young ruler right a young rich ruler was saying okay so how can 
how, how can we be saved then? Like, I've been following the commandments since I was a young boy. And he was saying all that to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, sell all your possessions. Sell all of your belongings. And then the Bible tells us, you know, he, he looked saddened as if he was about to die. The young ruler, right? The young rich ruler. And then he ended up just leaving. He ended up rejecting the gift of salvation. Jesus was proclaiming right there the salvation the gospel of salvation and the rich young ruler he just left Jesus hanging and I wanted to share that to show you again um, in comparison comparison with the parable in regards to the 99 sheep that the shepherd left behind to take that one of course God will always come and speak to us he will always come and try to convict our hearts and, and, and bring other people our way as well to share us the good news but just like the young rich ruler ended up, you know, rejecting the gift of salvation, other people as well will reject the gift of salvation. And at that point, even Jesus is unable to save that person. And that's where I want us to to draw the line. Like, that's where I want us to, um, to yeah, to draw the line. Because it's very important for us to understand that, yes, grace is free. Yes, grace is still present. Grace is available for everybody. But we have to understand that God is a God who is patient, but at the same time, God is not a dictator. God is not going to force anybody to accept him. You have to be willing to open your heart and to accept the free gift of salvation. I pray that you were, I pray that you were encouraged to really um, reflect on your own spiritual journey, reflect on your own faith walk, um, and see, you know, what it is that you need to do. To make sure that you're certain of your of your faith. To make sure that you're certain even if you were to die today, this very second, this very moment, you would know where you would end up. My prayer is that I'll see you in heaven. My prayer is that we will hear him say, well done, our good, my good and faithful servant. That is my prayer, honestly. And that is why I've dedicated my life to really just share the truth of God, the love of God, and the grace of God. But I don't just want to go ahead and just say things to people that I know that is going to satisfy their flesh, that is going to satisfy their emotions. But I want to tell you the truth of God, which sets people free. Amen. If you love this episode, if you were encouraged by it, if you know someone who would be blessed by this episode, please go ahead and share it and make sure that you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, all things are possible for Christ Jesus. It was JLP. Until next time, peace out. Take care. <laughs>